everyone. Welcome back to Work Actually, a podcast that looks at the reality behind specific jobs and careers to give a real insight into what they're like. Today, I'm looking at the world of social enterprises, and I chat to a wonderful woman called Becky who's based in Birmingham. She goes into detail on how she took a business idea that combined her passions of both food and gender equality and launched a new business. So within the chat, she goes into all the detail on how she got the idea of the ground and the research she did, where she went for advice, how she got funding, business guidance, and now she's making a real difference. So if you've got an idea that you're keen to explore and make reality, hopefully you're inspired after hearing this chat. Enjoy! Hi Becky, thanks so much for joining Work Actually podcast today. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this. You're welcome. We're going to be looking at social enterprises in today's episode and delving into the reality behind how you set up a social enterprise. How easy is it to get funding? Where do you take that idea and make it a reality? How do you get support? That kind of thing. You run a social enterprise called Bulb in Birmingham, and that is a bakery business. Yeah, so Bulb is a bakery business. Primarily at the moment, before the pandemic hit, I was supplying cafes, and then I've done wedding cakes and birthday cakes. Um, And then the social enterprise side of it is like working with women in the community. And this is something that we're sort of working towards. So all the planning's in place, um, and we've got the course written. We've spoken to lots of people. We've done all the research. um, And then the hope is at some point we'll be able to actually implement the course. So yeah, it's it's a bakery at the moment and then we're plodding away in the background with the social stuff and setting things up. So I read that your two passions are baking and gender equality. Yeah. (laughs) And I read that, I mean, this really shocked me actually, and I texted you about it saying that Birmingham has one of the lowest rates of female employment compared to other cities. And it's not even just that. I think what's more interesting is that there's it's a bit one of the biggest gender employment gaps so it's not even like there's you know there's low female employment but there's also low male employment and it's like just Mm -hmm. a city problem actually there's a massive um gap so there's way more men in employment in Birmingham than there is in women um and there is there is if I don't know how much you know about Birmingham but in terms of like the cultural makeup of the city people often you know that's the first thing they say to me they point to that and I'm like okay that plays a part but there's actually a lot of other issues at play that are causing the what I think are terrible statistics to be honest and part of what's motivated me to start the and you're in Balsall Heath which I read as well had 45% of women there aren't in employment or education or being trained for anything yeah, so that's a statistic from Birmingham City Council. Um, so it's a, it's a couple of years old, but I don't think necessarily much has, has changed from speaking to people. But yeah, there's a real sort of issue in, in Borsal Heath in terms of just people being able to access opportunities. And it's, yeah, it, like I said, it's a, there's a cultural makeup in that area, but as well, that doesn't, I don't think that's a reason to just dismiss it and say like, oh, you know, it's it's just it's just that area. It's the people, oh, there's people that live in that area. And it's this is like, no, I don't think that's, I don't think it's good enough to just dismiss an area in that, in that way when from speaking to people, there is, you know, a lot of will and a lot of want to have, to do more interesting things. And part of the reason that I, it will be um, supporting women only, partly because that's what I'm passionate about, but also 
in Bosal Heath as a big like BAME community there and particularly mm-hmm. like Asian and, and Muslim community and a lot of women feel like they prefer to be in like a women-centered mm-hmm. um, environment um, for you know for, for, for different reasons so you know we're just trying to like take into account and get community feedback about what people actually want um, so yeah just Birmingham as a city there's, there's lots of different areas but that that was one area that kind of just stood out to me and also they had the community hub there as well. So how did you come across the issue? So I was just doing some I was reading a piece of research by the Young Women's Trust, um, which is a really, really great charity and they have lots of information on how to um, support women. And I think it was, I used to work for the Prince's Trust when I lived in Leeds and it was something that I'd, I'd heard about then and I'd signed up to their like email um, newsletters and things like that. And then I got this piece of research for it and interestingly it was talking about um, what part of the research was in Birmingham. It was looking at London, Birmingham and some other cities um, and then I just started like delving like deeper and deeper into it and found this big piece of research by the council and um, Birmingham City Council was quite, which was quite buried. And then I just started speaking to people and yeah, I didn't realise at first, you know, the women side of it, you know, I thought, oh, it'll be men and women. It's just mm-hmm. Birmingham has, you know, not very high employment rates, but actually seeing that it is predominantly more women um, unemployed was you know quite shocking really. No I was shocked when I read it and are there many initiatives out there kind of addressing this issue at the moment? Yeah so this is part of the thing that I was thinking because I only moved to Birmingham about two nearly two 18 months two years ago and you know there's things like Luminary Bakery in London um, which when they were setting up I know someone through them and they actually came to me and asked for some information because of my work at the Prince's Trust when they were setting up. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And it kind of like interests me a a bit. And then like in Manchester and Leeds, you know, you have these kind of initiatives. But in Birmingham, there is there is definitely stuff. There's a really, really great social enterprise called Miss Macaroon, um, which teaches people how to make macaroons and it's for care leavers. So the women that I hope will use Bulb will be already maybe engaged with a different support service and it's kind of like their next step. So there's definitely lots of brilliant services in Birmingham that are doing great things, um, but they're very much like the sort of dealing with situations where a person's maybe in crisis or supporting people in really difficult situations. You know, that initial, you know, first first place that people have gone to to seek help, but then where do people go after that? Um, If they're still, maybe they've got out of, if they're in, you know, they've fled domestic violence and they've been in a refuge um, and then they've got social housing, but then they're not really sure like what next. And yeah. that's what, where I hope that Bulb can fit in. So going into that, then what are the issues that these women are facing predominantly? So the research kind of showed that part of the reason is there's a lot of mental health issues at, at play. I do want to look at supporting women who are survivors or have lived experience of domestic violence, but also, um, you know, there's lots of other factors that go into that Mm. just even things like low self-esteem access to opportunities yeah just like loneliness just yeah not not having the financial means like lots of barriers with caring as well so women who can't afford to have childcare, so they are looking after the children at home and that's like a really big barrier to seeking opportunities because you know if they've got caring responsibilities 
how how can you get out out there and you know if you don't have someone that can look after your kids for a day then you're not going to be able to go to a training course and I saw a lot of that at the Prince's Trust as well caring responsibilities mental health issues and just general socialization they all kind of feed into each other it becomes a bit of a cycle the more you're kind of out of work or you're not in training the less confident you feel your self-esteem suffers your network gets smaller your opportunities feel like they get smaller and then of course you're not finding these opportunities and you're feeling probably at quite a loss as to what to do yeah and I think that is I think there's so much that we can be said for bringing people back into the community you know if people are at a loss and they just don't feel like there's you know they don't know where to go as a next step I'm not saying that it's going to be like a a therapy or something but there is a lot to be said for just being around a group of people Mm -hmm. in terms of improving people's mental health and just feeling you know if you're if you're sat at home and you're feeling hopeless you're just gonna you're just gonna really stay in that place aren't you if if you Mm -hmm. it is a big deal for people to move away from that and come and try to move Mm -hmm. back into the community um but the effects of doing that really can be like really significant yeah, absolutely. So you obviously love baking and you were doing this research, you saw other companies doing things and you thought that looks really, really effective and really powerful and something I want to get involved in. How did you then take that idea and start to progress it? So in, in all honesty, I sat on it for quite a long time and I was just kind of, I'd, I'd had this idea like sort of like plugging away in the back of my head for a while because like I said I worked at the Prince's Trust I've worked in bakeries I also had like my own business before so when I was at university I set up a street food business with my housemate and then we ended up like going quite like big with it and we did like oh, quite a lot of festivals we were called Golden Balls and we sold like vegetarian arancini um we That's did so cool. a Greek restaurant um like loads of yeah I just absolutely loved it and it was it was me and my friend Francesca and we always had like women working for us so yeah I kind of I'd, I'd done the business thing before and then I went away and did um and I'd then worked I was working for the Prince's Trust and doing the business at the same time and then I went over to Amsterdam um to do my master's and when I was there I was kind of I was thinking about like how I could combine like food and and, and supporting people and um this kind of thing um, but I wasn't really sure like where to go with it. And then I moved to Birmingham and I was kind of like just settling in. And I also thought like, I want a bit of time. If I'm going to do something like this, I want to really understand the city. Like I don't want to just come as a, in as a newcomer and just be like, I know what's best for this community. And I'm Yeah, gonna... and I'm, I'm sure that's something, that's a problem that happens quite a lot, I imagine. It's so important yeah. to do your research, isn't it? Yeah, and, and just understand like the the makeup of the city, understand how it was like laid out. Um, my partner's from Birmingham and, you know, he, he, he knows a lot and we had friends from Birmingham, so I knew some about it, but I didn't, I just wanted to give a bit of time because I was like, I could just move straight to Birmingham and do this, but I'm not going to. And at that time, I didn't know exactly what it would be. I just knew it would be a food thing that would involve some kind of social aspect. Yeah, and like you say, it's a, it's an interesting city. It's very culturally diverse. And you're dealing with real issues, people's lives here. And they want to, one, be able to trust you. And two, yeah. know that you understand a little about what they're going through and, and yeah. who they are as a people in the city. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, I really, I really did think that. And so I got, I've been work. I still work for the University of, of Birmingham um, at the same time. And yeah, I just got to know like Bromies and like, I just absolutely love Birmingham. Um, but part of the reason in terms of how it got going is while I was working at the uni, I met a friend called Lucy and her and her husband Angus set up a social enterprise um, called Limitless Travel. And I 
was sort of telling Lucy about this idea and saying about the baking and and saying that I think I'd it started forming at this point I think at that point I'd done read some of that research and I thought you know what this is the thing that I think I'm going to go for um, and she said oh well you know that's a really great idea like why don't what's stopping you and I said oh well I just you know is it good enough like do I you know mm-hmm. just just all that kind of stuff that you have when you something's kind of important to you and you've sat up for it a while and you just don't want that rejection and she said well Angus applied for this grant from a charity called Unlimited and they're a social enterprise charity like you can get these quite you know like a I think it was three or four grand grant and you just have to have an idea you don't have to have done anything you just have to have an idea and you can go and pitch it to them and if they like it um, a Birmingham-based company so no, that's nationwide, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it definitely is like there's several throughout the country. And I think they have like hubs. So even if you're like not close, you go to like the nearest hub. Mm. And so I applied for that and did like a really long, and that's where I really started forming my ideas like properly because I had to write this really long application, did loads of research, spoke to loads of people, just getting feedback from like, you know, people that were, were like who were in the community, people who were like social workers, doctors, just people that would you know might have an idea of what could um what good support might mm-hmm. be um did that and pitched and, and got the money and then I got a really awesome um like business advisor called Louise and and she's been really really you know she pushed me loads and she loved the idea and has been really really supportive and so that yeah if, if anyone's sort of interested in just has an idea in terms of a social enterprise um, I think it's called a just do it award and yeah you just have to have an idea you don't have to have like and you don't have to worry about even being registered or not even have a business plan so yeah that was really great and then they have like follow-on support so they've said you know once I can show that I've had some social impact I can then apply for like the the grow it award and they have several other awards mm-hmm. and oh, it's kind of layered so it feels a little bit more manageable yeah yeah definitely and then um so I did I did that and then I thought oh well I have to do it now I've got this grant and I've told everyone so <laughs> that's the thing that's the key you have to tell everyone I think and then it's like they're asking you about it you have yeah. to and the more people you tell them more supportive they are and I think at first like obviously I'd speak to friends and families and, and, and they'd be like yeah I'd do it but then I think getting that push from unlimited saying like yeah we're a social enterprise charity and we think your idea is needed in Birmingham and we think your idea is valid really gave me like like say that validation of mm. you know this is this this could work um so that was that was massive and it's then exciting. yeah really exciting so I think I got that around Chris last year and um, that's when the award came through and then I registered as um so we're a limited company by guarantee which is often what social enterprises and charities and things are set up as and I had some advice from unlimited because they give you free legal advice and stuff oh, okay, that's good. but that was really good because I didn't want it there's a thing called um a community interest company which is what some social enterprises set up as I I had a chat with like a really good like um legal guy that was like specialized in social enterprises and he just kind of told me about um the best ways to set up so we're a non-profit and I can't take anything like a dividend or anything not that I even pay myself at the moment but it's just set up in a way that it's a non-profit and if if for example for some reason I decided I didn't want to do it anymore or um anything or you know even if we went bust say forever I hope that doesn't happen but like if that did happen we have an asset lock on the company so everything in the company then goes to the community and oh, wow. off to serve those social aims elsewhere that's brilliant 
and written into our um, sort of company documents is like our social aims and things like that. So it just has that accountability for us as a social enterprise that you know we're going to do what we say we do. So that gives customers the trust if that's you know why they're buying from us but also when you're going to other grant funding or if you're going for these big bids or you're going for the lottery funding they they sort of trust that you are um you know doing it for the for the social or community aims um so yeah and then we did the crowdfunder and then unfortunately that was the same month that um we went into lockdown so yeah the yeah. timing's not been on your side really has it yeah, I finally felt like everything was like yeah 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 and I was even gonna quit my job and just go for it um and yeah well, in a way perhaps then maybe it came at, at the right yeah. time before you did that bittersweet in a way because yeah. you know if, if it had even been maybe a month later yeah I'd be a bit I'd be in a bit of a difficult position right now to be honest because I was struggling managing full-time work and running the bakery and trying to get the social um, stuff going. But now all the cafes that I supply are closed. So I'm not supplying those at the moment. And they were, you know, the bigger income stream. Talk us through like a typical day of how you work at Bowl. So, so if it, a typical day would be, so I supply two cafes and I supply them once a week with like a big, big order for the week. And that's cake. Um, of cakes yeah cakes and brownies mm-hmm. um yeah we do like a whole different range of things our best seller are like our salted caramel brownies and um we do like a biscoff cake that's oh, really I love biscoff cake yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone goes crazy for it oh it's so good and yeah we do like a chocolate blackout cake that's very popular and, and carrot cake one one cafe basically takes like five huge carrot cakes so yeah it would involve normally I get up at like five six a.m well I would have been baking the night before I get up at five six do my deliveries then go do my full-time job wow. nine to five um or like eight eight four it's quite flexible at the uni which is good um and then I'd come home and bake again or do emails or in my lunch break at work I'd be doing my emails or like having meetings or like I'd just be running off and going into the toilet and pretending that I was like <laughs> not not in the toilet um, toilet again Becky yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah so it was it was kind of and like you know if I had a bit of a dead afternoon at work and I'd just sort of oh god I hope my boss doesn't listen to this like working on my website or like emailing back like charities that it's just, a pretty a pretty good business to be working yeah on <laughs> they just constantly get cake because obviously I'm always like oh. doing best bakes and then my boyfriend complains I'm making him um too unhealthy so I just give it I just try to give it to mm-hmm. like, people at work so I think I think they're kind of okay with it but um, yeah it would be quite busy and I would you know it's a lot of it's a lot of late nights and and early mornings and then trying to get stuff done on the weekend and then at weekends I'd do um, most of my cake deliveries would often be like Friday or Saturday so I essentially was kind of working before this all hit like a six-day week but like really long days because <laughs> I'd kind of fit the business either side of my full-time job um I guess most small business owners whether it's social enterprise or not will say you know at the start you have to put in a lot of work you know for probably not much return because you are building that business from the ground up and you're trying to raise more awareness and get your name out there and it's tough it's tough for, for a lot of people and I think that's hospitality as well um like I'm I'm in a thing in 
and Birmingham called Women in Hospitality and that's like a really good support network but it is just you know especially bakeries as well because you want it to be fresh so you want it to like bake it in the morning or you want to finish your cakes up in the morning if you've cooked them the night before um it is just early mornings and you know late nights and I knew that because of golden balls like you know that would be that was very street foods very like intensive like that as well but yeah I think one piece of advice I would say to people that are interested in doing a social enterprise is really really be passionate about your social aims and also about what you're selling because it is hard and like I absolutely love running blob and I love baking even when I'm going to bed at like 3am and getting up at six it feels rubbish at the time but like afterwards I'll just do it again and again and again because like I want to make this work so much um but yeah I would say it's always hard like even if you're not doing a hospitality based business even if you were just um, not just but if you're doing something that was like sitting at a desk it's it's long hours it's all on you and before I had a business partner but this time it's just me and like really really kind friends and family helping me out um and I would say there's like pros and cons to that because you know I make all the decisions and I don't have to like I have two directors um who run bob with me so that's um lou and martin who's my partner as well so they're the directors um because we have because they like kind of will hold me accountable i chose them because mm. i thought they'd, but in terms of like the day-to-day running of the business it is all me like i'll go to them for advice um but i'm the one with the kind it sounds bad but like you know the power it is going to yeah. fall on my head at the end of the day sure, if things go wrong and it's my sort of name on the you know I'm the face of the business and things like that so I always do really stress about things being perfect and getting back to people on time and and things like that so yeah working in a way with now I'm working from home it does make it a bit more manageable and also I'm not doing as I'm doing very very little um baking as well um because I'm just doing birthday cakes at the moment because I just want to be able to have a really really controlled environment when I'm cooking um just to make you know one thing it's not you can really like control the environment so it has been good to have that kind of pause and step back because I was kind of just like rush 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 and that's why I've been like developing the courses because we might move to like online courses and things like that let's talk then through say this whole lockdown and and pandemic hasn't happened and you're in full-time um work for bulb so what's the aim for bulb talk about the courses that you were hoping to to bring in and actually work directly with people in the community. Yeah, so we got the money from the crowdfunder, and then the plan was for that was to move into like there's a community hub in Borsal Heath, and it's a really really beautiful old um, building. And I'd also help them to get a bid for the community hub. We got a bid to do up like this kitchen space they had at the back, really really big kitchen space, but it was really disrepaired. But it's like a perfect teaching space because you can have like a big thing in the like a sort of um, countertop in the middle and then the baking stuff around the outside um so the plan was to hold like workshops and courses and we have one that's called like bake for success and this will be so either a six or sort of ten week course where people come for um like one day a week and it's a kind of follow-on course where you come every week for several weeks um, and it's almost like a training program Um, so the aim of that was to teach people how to you know bake and cook in like a professional setting so it's hospitality skills and yeah you could come with any level of experience and you know we'd kind of um, build up but the expectation would be that the people wouldn't have necessarily worked in hospitality or not worked in kitchens before or um, yeah so it wasn't it wasn't like a it's for people 
in the community who want to improve their skills but also just want to um yeah just create like an empowering community really because I know we talked a lot about unemployment and and things like that and I I do want to support people back into work if that that's what they want but I always say positive move you know help to support people into positive opportunities because Mm -hmm. that isn't work for everyone for whatever reason so although on a lot of grant applications I do focus more on the sort of like going into what we'd see as like traditional work Mm. Um, and that is something you know if people feel ready for that that I do want to support but the idea of doing the baking courses to you know up people's skills up people's self-esteem and you know baking is a brilliant like well-being activity Mm. I think like I know some people find baking and cooking like not their thing but I think that it's very like you have to concentrate you're working with food and it's very like tactile it's very like hands-on way of learning so I just kind of see like cooking and baking as, as a way of upping people's skills but also bringing people together and you know working into that you know maths liter- um, literacy um, you know if you're saying here's a recipe double it because it needs to fit in this tin yeah it's it's quite like practical learning but it's that's often what you need in the kitchen um is that kind of maths and literacy skills as well as you know baking as a science at the end of the day in my opinion I I will elevate baking to the end of the day but I do think it is it is a science and an art so yeah the thing is you have that end result that reward at the end of actually making something that you can take away with you and show off and think oh I'm really proud of myself I managed to do that yeah yeah and it's just that building of of skills and I've when I sort of write the course material I concentrate a lot on like you know you are going to mess up and that's part part of the learning experience but yeah and then after they do the baking course then have like a mentoring scheme so Mm -hmm. I have quite a lot of like women who are like friends but also just women that I've met um from living in Birmingham women in the community who so once you finish the baking course um, you'd then have like one-to-one mentoring support and that could be either like meeting up once a month or like you know there'd be certain expectations on the mentor and mentee of you know keeping in contact maybe twice a month or you can make it as much as little or as little maybe you know there'd be a sort of minimum of, of two, two emails on the mentor or like two mm-hmm. zoom calls or face-to-face meetings whatever suits um, that relationship and just having that sort of like long-term follow-on support because I never wanted it just to be like I'm not naive in thinking a 10 week course is going to just be like okay 10 weeks you sorted off you go like yeah. I think that long-term support is really important and just thinking that you know if you've been if you're benefiting from coming into the bulb community I want that to be you know you be as part people as that for as long as you know as long as that you're enjoying that and as long as that is something like positive for you in your life so the more involved people are the more they then become advocates for bulb yeah. and spread the word and get other people involved and they then can perhaps even become mentors to new yeah people. yeah exactly so my hope is is that eventually like to, to begin with I think I'll be doing some of the teaching and then I'll be bringing in other um women in in the sort of hospitality community um to do some of the teaching but then my real hope is that it will become like quite community led. So the women who come on on the courses will hopefully eventually be you know leading some of the teaching and and that that is like the sort of top level aim for me is is for um bulb to be run by the women of, of yeah, the I was gonna ask you what the long term plan was and, and would you want to see this kind of going into different cities as well as Birmingham? So you can probably tell from accent like I'm from like um Yorkshire and I'd love to have a bulb in maybe like Leeds or Huddersfield where I grew up um eventually that would be really yeah I would 
you know it's just where you've grown up and it would be great yeah. to support that community those communities as well and yeah I just I don't as people when I was in the crowdfund video like I kind of hate it being about me and then my friend was like you know what if you're going to want to make this to work then it needs to you know oh, people, people buy like you as a person and, and what you're what you're doing if, if you're wanting to get out there but I do want to make it as much about you know how powerful these women in the community can be when they come together um, like what you'll find is you will meet so many interesting people when these yeah. books start to um run and their stories are going to be so inspiring to people yeah. and of course when they do eventually become the ones leading you know taking the courses themselves what better than to be learning and being guided from someone that's been through a similar experience to you and I think that's really aspirational as, as well. And I think that's how you um, get sort of the like nitty gritty of like community support. Like if you have, you get much like longer term engagement from the people, if, if there's people there that they can see like the end of the journey potentially or not the end, but you know, further along. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something. And I think food in general is a great way of like bringing communities together and a lot a lot of the like teaching and learning that I want to do is saying, you know, I've, I've got a way of doing this, but if you guys have been taught a different way, or if you guys have got ideas about like, you know, if you've been taught to cook or yeah, I want to really bring in other people's, I'm not like, you know, this is right, this is wrong. It's going to be training and it's going to, and it's going to be like looking at doing it in a professional setting, but I really want the people on the course to be like feeding in and sort of teaching each other too. Great um, there, feeding in. <laughs> yeah, feeding in. <laughs> and feeding out as I just trying to sell cake so we can keep going. Well, you're gonna you're gonna taste the best food. If you can, you know, think like you were saying, how culturally diverse it is, the different kinds of cuisines that you yeah. could look into doing, you know, and yeah. teaching each other. And there's another there's a really um there's like king's heath for refugees and they've just brought out um a cookbook which is incredible because it's all the like um refugees who are part of that network have like fed in their recipes and things like that and sometimes people are like oh don't you want to write a cookbook and I was like you know what would be much more interesting is like getting a cookbook that's like full of like the baking of the women of Birmingham oh, that would be amazing yeah so good so that that you know, depending on how long this <laughs> pandemic goes on for, uh, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> that's something you could that. even start thinking about now, couldn't you? Or... Yeah. And at the moment, I'm kind of thinking how, because I've talked a lot, a lot about like bringing people together and like socialise, so like uh, wanting to sort of one of our socialise um, social aims is to like help people, you know, move out of social isolation. And I'm thinking, how can I do this if we can't do face to face teaching? And so I've started to make some like online resources and videos, and yeah, make like a more sort of like online workbook. And maybe I don't know what the future is going to hold, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping that someday, you know, we will have that kitchen and we will be doing those courses there. But I am trying to think of how else it, it might work and that might actually help us in a way reach more people mm. um because if if you if people are more like out in the countryside and they don't have the tra- and the travel like it'd be you know I think it's more about yeah, to come to us but if, if for whatever reason they can't get there um then yeah maybe that can help yeah perhaps can. like the actual um physical space will become an extension as yeah as the online you know side becomes the kind of core you know it's just because of the time we're in now but like you said it does give you access to more people and they have more access to you 
Yeah. So you mentioned crowdfunding and you have a NatWest business site that details the business. How did that come about? Was that through Unlimited? They helped. Um, it was when I was helping. I was writing like a letter of support for the community hub bid to get the money to do at the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, who was writing the bid, she, like she's a professional bid writer, um, she read my letter of support and then she emailed me and said, oh, have you seen this, by the way, this thing that NatWest are offering? And like true to form, I like looked at the website and then my Instagram, every time I went on Instagram, it was just advertising this like NatWest backer business thing because obviously I had some kind of cookie that I'd gone and looked. And I wasn't really sure about crowdfunding to begin with because yeah I just never done it and I had I didn't really know anyone else that had done it like I'd seen examples of it obviously and I'd, I'd donated to to other ones but I'd never really known anyone personally that had done the process so I kind of looked into it and then I think we were originally so I started working on it in in January and then we were going to try launch on Galentine's Day in February but then I realized that actually there's a lot of work that goes into starting a crowdfunder because you have to make the video and then you've got to edit the video and then you've got right. to write the script and then you've got to get all like your sort of PR and you've got to have all your um you've got to have all this big PR plan and then have all your backers like your first backers sorted because on the day that the crowdfunder goes live they tell you that if you don't get this many backers mm-hmm. then it's not gonna like hit ah, it and, okay it's quite there's like a science to it and and it is a lot of of work and I had you know I had my friend Ashley she helps me a lot with the business and she um she works for Groundwork UK which is a, a charity and she is one of their digital managers so she made all the video and then we I moved it and then I thought what would be better was International Women's Day so that was coming up so we just I sort of picked that date and was like it has to be ready for then um and I didn't I really didn't know I'd, I'd I could have got I just when I was so nervous when we started it I thought well I know my mum and dad are probably gonna put a bit of money here (laughs) (laughs) and I had a few people that had said you know like yeah we'll definitely back you and you kind of have to really swallow your pride because you are essentially just asking people for money and just to like believe in you and that was part of my nervousness of doing it because I think as a British person you're always just a bit awkward about like those kind of things I think also as a woman I realized because I did speak to someone who was doing it and who'd done one before a guy and and he was like god I didn't you know I didn't I wasn't really worried about this and I'm not saying I'm not trying to like say that's the experience of women that's the experience of men and be reductive but I did kind of just have to be like yeah it became quite apparent actually like man that just has like (laughs) yeah patriarchy behind him do and just a lot of people will a lot of people will relate to that. I mean, even in a normal workplace, you know, asking for, you know, a pay rise or, yeah. or a promotion or being recognised or something, you know, it's been well documented that, you know, men do find that easier than women. Yeah, definitely. So I kind of tried to use that as a fire of when I was just so nervous and I kept kind of toing and froing and then it just went like so well. So how it worked with the NatWest Backer business um, is that it's on the crowdfunder platform and they've kind of like collaborated with NatWest. And so I had a phone call with um, like a, ba- a NatWest backer business um, sort of team member. And she gave me a bit of advice on like what to do and gave me sort of like a pack on like how to do the crowdfunder. So I set a target, um, which was 7,000. And so we had to crowdfund 3,500 and then NatWest would match that. But we also had to get over 100 supporters Mm -hmm. um, for for that to happen. So 
Um, and then we ended up raising 8,000, which I just couldn't believe because we didn't have an extra 1,000 on top. But they only back half of what you set as your original target. But it's still incredible because it's completely a grant. And I thought there was going to be like some catch or something, but they just, just sent it to my bank account afterwards. So they, that was really great. And that's specifically for women who again have an idea so I think it's still running and I think they still plan plan to run it for quite a while and it's not just for social enterprises it's for any women-led business so Mm -hmm. if if it's a woman running the business or if a woman's running half of the business or something like that basically it has to be more women Mm. running it and I think for the majority of looking on there it's mainly just women-led businesses a lot of them do have a sort of social aim or are more sort of women um directed or there's quite a lot of like environmental businesses and stuff on there but I think it can just be any business idea that's really that's really great and it's all about getting more women into business and sort of addressing that women in business imbalance so like you know there's way more men who own businesses than women so I thought that was really great of NatWest um to to be identifying that and as as to be pushing that as well because they do yeah because you do, I don't there'll be people that have no idea that um the big banks do initiatives like that so it is worth you know investigating doing Definitely. research into these companies and it isn't like you said it's not just people with you know really fully formed ideas yeah. that are way down the line in fact it's for businesses I think something that you kind of turned turned over a certain level so it really is like a startup thing Um, and it's a really really nice community because you go on the website and there's like loads of different like businesses and and a lot of people quite a few people that donated to the crowdfunder had had just gone on there and they were sort of I guess they're called like angel investors but it wasn't as such a bigger scale and they were just going on there to look for businesses that they wanted to like get behind there were Um, people that donated to you that you didn't know like the majority of people I'd never met in my life which was so incredibly humbling because that that were like it even makes emotional think about it just having that sort of like people just believing in you just watching your video and believing in you and your idea and your team and and what you're setting out to do um yeah again it was just like a really great push and people were super generous and it's also led to like other opportunities and stuff like that just because it kind of like raised the profile and we um did a lot of like work on social media and things like that so yeah and it just put us out there I think in Birmingham in terms of it was telling everyone about us like it was everywhere I was making everywhere everyone um share it and so I really enjoyed that like having more people in Birmingham be the ones who were like following me and interacting and buying the cakes and yeah I think it just kind of it really just pushed us out there and then obviously it was great to like raise the funds as well so I'm essentially just sitting on the grant and the crowdfunder funds and the money that I've raised and by selling the cakes and stuff since I've started the business um until we can like hopefully move into a space and just use all that money to try get the courses up and go in um but yeah I'd say that if you're like nervous about crowdfunding or anything like that just go for it because the major like the majority of people I didn't have anyone say anything like I thought someone might message me and be like why are you just asking people for money um, like I just you just have like that nervousness about it but yeah everyone was like super super supportive so brilliant yeah it was, it was really nice how do people find out more about bold at the moment I'm like the Instagram I'm posting mainly on there and then we have the website as well which is www.bold 
birmingham.com and then yeah the instagram like if people just message or like yeah there's lots of stuff and more information about us on there as well well thanks so much for chatting yeah it's got it's been nice actually like talking over the journey and realizing yeah how how far you've come and actually how much work you've put in yeah yeah definitely and um just even the crowdfunder even though it was so recent it just yeah it's just a big crazy thing that happened and you know sometimes these things happen and then you need a little bit of time to process like wow people just really got behind it and and that's great excellent well thank you so much and i'll link to the website in the post so yeah, that would be go on and also i'll link to it might be good to actually have a list of all the people that you went to that helped such as unlimited and yeah. the website's in so if people just want to find out a little bit more they're not sure yet or speak yeah. to somebody about the journey yeah of course and if anyone's sort of listening to this and wants to talk to someone about any of the things that I've I've talked about you know starting a business or um the crowdfunding anything like that I'm really happy to help people and like oh, speak to people um so yeah just message me on Instagram and I'm happy to like have a chat or whatever like Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Becky. As she said, if you are interested in contacting her or have any specific questions, do reach out to her on Instagram. She'd be more than happy to help. And if you would like to review this podcast, please do go on to Apple or Android Podcasts and give it five stars or whatever you think it's worth. Have a good one.